Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Impact Cyber Church, where we go to church with the whole world. Yes, this broadcast goes into every nation in the world. And I want to just say I am so thankful that, that we're getting to talk to the world. You know, that's been my dream my whole life is to be able to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. And you know what is happening? And I want to say a big thank you to our world changers, all of those people who, who help us financially to take this message to the world. You know, if you're hearing this message today and, and this is the first time you've heard us, or if you're, if you're not a world changer, I want you to know something. Somebody cared enough about you to give to make it possible for us to be able to, bring this gospel to you. And I am so glad you're there. I'm so glad you're listening. Listen, today we're going to, we're going to dive into some things about the presence of God. What does the presence of God mean? What does the presence of God bring? How do I know when I'm actually experiencing the presence of God and, and how can I deliberately enter into the presence of God. You know, this, this is all so incredibly important. Let me start by, first of all, saying in a certain sense, we, we're always in the presence of God. You know, you know, there's no place we can go that God is not already there. And the Bible talks about that. But the, the concept of the presence of God is really uh, more about not God showing up it's really more about us showing up. It's, it's about us coming to a place where we recognize His presence. And when you when you recognize the presence of God, uh, I mean, there, I'm sure there's a lot of kind of vague or generalized things that can happen. You know, I, I've I've been times in in private prayer or in public prayer where honestly there would be such an overwhelming sense of, of God's presence that honestly, uh, it, it, it was people would just lay on the floor or bow on their knees or the only sound you would hear uh, in a room full of hundreds of people maybe would be some people maybe weeping or, or whispering out uh, whatever, they, whatever they're saying to God. But you know, there, there's a lot about the presence of God. I don't, I don't know that we, that we totally understand. But I, when I think about the presence of God, I always think about, uh, I believe it's Psalm 140, maybe verse 13 right there somewhere. It says that, uh, it says, uh, the righteous will, will give thanks unto your name and the upright will abide in your presence. Now, now remember, when you're reading scripture, there is never one exact way to interpret that scripture. There's always, there's always, uh, uh, basic things that we can understand that don't waver. You know, God's, God's truth is, ap is absolute, but, but the application and the understanding of truth varies based on where you are in life and, and, and what you're going through. And, you know, you know, the ancient Hebrew sages, they, they taught that, uh, that 
there's 70 faces to the Torah, and the Torah it, it was considered, you know, the first five books of the Bible. And, and there, there's all of these ways, you know, that are, are good, sound ways to understand the subtle nuances of what the Word of God is saying. But one of the things that, that they would say that I just love, they would say, but, but the last and most important way is, what is God saying to you? How does this apply into your life right now? So, you know, there, there's a lot of times God will show me something about a scripture based on where I am in my life. And, and maybe a few years later, I'll be reading it. I'll see something different. That doesn't mean that what I saw before wasn't correct. It just means that where I am right now, God's showing me something else in that scripture that I, that I, that I really, really need. And so <clears throat> I was reading that scripture and just pondering and meditating one day and worshiping God. And, and because I was giving thanks to his name, I was, I was acknowledging his name. Now remember, God has more than one name. As a matter of fact, God has what's called seven spirits. Now they're not seven different Holy Spirits or seven different manifestations of the one and the same spirit. So you realize that, that worshiping God's name, it may be worshiping God as, your, as the healer because he is the Lord God who heals. It may be worshiping and acknowledging and giving thanks to the name of, of the Lord as your righteousness because he is the Lord our righteousness. It may be Jehovah Shalom acknowledging that he is the God of peace and that he is your peace because he, that's what that name means, Jehovah our peace. And so I, I was, I was just, acknowledging the names of God. You know, that's one of the things we teach people in the prayer organizer. We teach people how to, how to commune with the Lord around His names, around who He says that He is. But something opened up to me that day that was really phenomenal because the second part of that verse says that, says that the upright, these people that are giving thanks unto His name, they abide in His presence. And I will never forget the Lord speaking to my heart and just I'm saying, I'm putting it in the words that, that my words, uh, not, I'm not saying this is exactly how God said it. I'm saying this is what I understood from what God put in my heart. You see, if I'm, if I'm thanking and acknowledging the name of the Lord God, my healer, then the presence of God, the, the, the aspect of the Spirit of God that's going to manifest there is going to be the Lord God who heals because that's the name of God that I'm magnifying. You know, if I'm going through, if I'm going through a, a, a time of personal turmoil and, and I begin acknowledging the Lord God is my peace, then the, the specific type or aspect of the presence of God that's going to manifest in that situation is going to be the Lord God, my peace. So, so you understand that, that as we acknowledge God and as we acknowledge the truth about God, what God says about himself, then, then the manifestation that will happen in our life is based on the truth that we're acknowledging. Now, we, we talked about this last night. You know, truth is more than information. As a matter of fact, you know, we as Westerners, we are, we are not people who tend to live 
deliberately from our heart. We tend to live more from our brain, from our mind, from our intellectual capacities. And there's nothing wrong with intellectual capacities. You absolutely need them. But when it comes to, when it comes to how we live our life and it comes to what governs our life, in truth, it's always going to be the beliefs of the heart that govern our life. Because, you know, the Bible says, as, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Not as he thinks in his mind, so is he, but as, as he thinks in his heart. And so, so what's in our heart manifests in our life. Now, the, the Word of God is, you know, is just, when you take the Bible and you just look at the Bible, uh, and, and this sounds almost, uh, this sounds almost uh, uh, blasphemous, it's not. But you know, those are just words on a page. And all of those words on that page, what makes them holy? What makes them valuable? What makes them precious is these words, this is communication that God has given to give us a reflection of who He is, a reflection of His character, a reflection uh, of His nature. And so... <clears throat> So when we take these words, and we can read these words, and they can just become information. You know, when God's Word becomes information, we'll turn it into legalism. We'll turn it into rules. We will turn it into formulas. We'll turn it into mysticism. We can turn it into anything. Uh, but unfortunately, until we look at the Word as an expression of who God is, an embodiment of God that, that is given to us informationally, until we see it that way, and, and until the Word of God becomes the way that we're seeking to know Him, then, then it's, it's, it's pretty much meaningless in our life. It is just information. But whenever we embrace this as, as, as God's expression of Himself, then, then our heart starts becoming affected. And when we believe God's Word, when we believe it in our heart, in other words, you know, it's, it's, it's beyond just reading it and knowing it. It's, it's reading it, embracing it, uh, uh, applying it, seeking to apply it to our life, trusting God, seeking God, you know, involving God in every part of it. Then once this Word this becomes alive in our heart, then that truth, that manifestation of God can occur, and when it occurs in our heart, it changes everything about our lives. Information in your mind can change things, but number one, it only temporarily changes things. Information in your mind, uh, by and large, only brings about change as long as you're thinking about that particular information. You know, uh, <clears throat> you learn something new, and you go set out to do a task, and you have to keep reminding yourself that this uh, this th this new thing that you've learned is how you have to perform this task, and that's a lot of how we approach life in general. We're approaching life from the perspective of just trying to remember what we're, we're supposed to do. Now, Proverbs chapter four, uh, verse twenty. Through 24, and this is just such wonderful stuff. He says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saints. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Now, listen, we talked about this last week. Everything that God tells you that He is that he's provided for you, that He's doing for you, that He said to you, is pretty much meaningless until 
it becomes a belief of the heart until the abode for that is in your heart. Because remember, God is a, is a person. And if we, and if we love, if we have love for God, then this becomes a heart factor because love is all about embracing who someone is in your heart. Love is about valuing who someone is in your heart. And so when you're reading the word of God and you're seeing how wonderful he is, how good he is, how trustworthy, how dependable he is. And man, you start valuing him in your heart and you start seeking for him to be your source of strength and source of life. Uh, something, something happens inside you where this is no longer mere information that you're a hole in your mind. It is now in the midst of your heart, which means it now drives your life unconsciously. In other words, you don't have to try to remember all the time. You don't have to remember how you're supposed to think. You don't have to remember how you're supposed to act. You, it just drives your life unconsciously. You know, I was in Canada last year and I was doing a meeting and, uh, I was in Calgary, and um, uh, so been speaking all day. We go out after the meeting, and and while I'm when I get through eating, I'm getting up and I'm walking to the door, and suddenly I realize that I'm about to pass out. And uh, it was a it was a marble floor, and I remember thinking, if I fall on this floor, I'll crack my skull, and it'll probably kill me because that's how so many people die when they have a stroke or a heart attack or. Uh, they they fall and crack their head open. So man, I I kind of made a dive for uh, the door, the door, a big old door. The door was open. Man, I went over. I grabbed that door. So I, so my, Brenda had just bought me a new watch and it had a heart monitor on it. So I tapped that heart monitor to see what's going on, and my heartbeat was two hundred and forty beats a minute. And of course, it felt like somebody was stabbing me in my chest. I couldn't breathe, and so I. You know, the first reality or the first thought that came to me was probably having a heart attack. And, uh, and, and what's interesting though, the first, the next thought that came to me was, I've got to make a decision about the outcome of this. Now, <clears throat> too often we get in situations where what we know about God is intellectual. And so when something happens that conquers our focus, then we've sometimes gone past the point of no return before we realize, oh, I should have decided the outcome of this. I should have decided not how I wanted this to come out, but how I'm choosing for this to come out. Because usually when something is life-threatening or when something is incredibly overwhelming, something happens to one of our children. And I'll tell you, if you can, you know, if you ever... Ask Brenda or anybody around me when something happens to one of my children, to one of my grandchildren, my, you know, my first thing is listen to my heart and then start make, making choices. Start determining the outcome that I choose. And, but listen, but listen to my heart because God's going to speak to me in my heart. God's going to guide me. So I'm hanging on to this door, pretty sure that I'm about to have a heart attack. And, and I just remember inwardly, saying to myself, and I, and I said, now, Lord, I am ready to come home anytime you want me to come home, but I know this is not how you would do it because you wouldn't kill me. You wouldn't give me a heart attack to bring me home. You just tell me you just tell me you were ready for me. So I said, you know, so I reject this. And I, I actually just in my heart didn't say anything out loud. Inwardly, I just said, you know, I don't accept you. You're not from God. I don't need you. I don't want you. 
I choose life. I choose to, to come out of this. You know, I ended up going to the hospital, and I had what they call a super ventricular, ventricular tachycardia. And it was all because I'd gotten dehydrated, and my potassium got too low, and my heart went out of control, and the electrical part of my heart went out of control. But anyhow, the long and short of it was, you know, I walked out of that hospital, went the next morning, preached my message, uh, preached a couple times the next day, uh, got on a plane, flew home, and came back and went to a heart specialist, had my heart checked out, and, every, and everything was fine. Now, it wasn't because I have more faith than somebody else has. It wasn't because I'm more spiritual than somebody else. But it's because there are things that I have established in my heart. And see, when you're being directed by your mind, you only make choices based on what you consciously think in your mind that you should do. But when you have something established in your heart, it's going to lead you, even though you haven't consciously thought of the next action that you need to take, it's going to, it's going to move you in, in an action based on maybe what you some people might call a deep intuitive sense or a deep feeling. Now, let me go a little bit further in this. So, so he says, he says, don't, don't let my words. And by the way, all these concepts here are meditative concepts. My son, give attention. He's not talking, give attention. Ponder this. Think about this. Incline your ear. Listen. Consider what you're hearing. Think about what you're, think about what you're hearing. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep looking at this. Keep pondering this. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Verse 22, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Now, you notice, who is it that finds them? It's not the person that just finds them intellectually. It's the person that finds them intellectually and establishes them in their heart. You see, the Word of God is not life for everyone. The Word of God is life for people who believe it, who embrace it, who, who hold it in the midst of their heart, who, who see God in His Word, who, who see God, who see His Word as a written description of, of who He is and, and, and connecting to Him through the Word. Not connecting to the Word as a substitute for connecting to Him, but connecting to Him in the Word. And I got news for you. When you establish God's truth in your heart, once truth is in your heart, it manifests even when you might have other intellectual thoughts. So it goes on in verse 23, he says, keep your heart or guard your heart with all diligence or all vigilance for out of it spring the issues of life. Now, this is a very interesting passage when it says, keep your heart with all diligence or all vigilance, be like a vigilante in the way you guard your heart. Now, in the New Testament, we're, we, we are given a metaphor uh, called the breastplate of righteousness. Now, righteousness means many things. And, and what I'm about to say is by no means a full concept of righteousness. But to me, it's a functional concept of righteousness because righteousness is the state of being when things are as they should be. In other words, when things are as God's perfect will would declare that they, that they should be. 
And so, you know, righteousness when you're sick is, is being healed. Righteousness when you're sad is having joy. Righteousness when you're heartbroken is your heart being healed. Righteousness uh, when, you're, when you're broke is, is having all of your needs met and having your desires fulfilled. See, righteousness is when in your life it is happening as if it would happen if you were living in the Garden of Eden today, or if you were living when Jesus establishes uh, the New Jerusalem here on planet Earth, that's that's what righteousness looks like. See, we we've just limited righteousness to the concept of of being as we should be morally, and there's we need to understand that. You know, when when we don't live godly lives, then there's, we can't call ourselves righteous because we're not. We're not living as we should be, considering that we're sons of God, considering that that we've been that we've been born again. So, <clears throat> guarding your heart is guarding the truth about, as a child of God, how should I be? Well, I should be whole, I should be well, I should be strong. I should be, actually, every part of my life should manifest in accordance to the names of God. Jehovah, my righteousness. I should, I should be living in righteousness. Jehovah who heals. I should be living in health and healing. Jehovah Shalom. I should be living in peace. You know, all of these aspects of who God is will be manifesting, should be manifesting in our lives. So the breastplate of righteousness is who God is, therefore who I am in, in light of that fact. And so it tells me that if I'll guard my heart, and again, the number one way you guard your heart with is with righteousness, with God's word about who He is in you and who you are because you're in Him. But it tells you that, uh, it tells you that, uh, uh, Keep, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring all the issues of life. Now, if you've followed me very long, or if you've read my book, Move Your Invisible Boundaries, you know that this word issues very well could have and very probably should have been translated as boundaries. And it's saying that what comes out of your heart determines the boundaries that are in your life. You see, there's really not anybody or anything out there that's limiting your life. What's limiting your life is what you believe about you in light of the fact that God is who He says He is, and therefore, who are you? That's, that's the truth that we have to manifest in our heart. And so, so our problem is we... See, we don't seek to know God from our heart, but most people have no idea how to make this transition from an intellectual connection to God to a heart connection to God. You know, Jeremiah says this, Jeremiah 24, 5, and, and this is one of those dual prophecies that talks about when the children of Israel come back from captivity, but also applies to us in the new covenant. He says, then I will give them a heart to know me. So, see, God wants us to know Him in our heart. Why? Because you see, if we only know God intellectually, if we only know the information about God, then the truth is, through our own strength, we will try to make this Christian life work, but it will only work as long as we're remembering it, as long as we're remembering what we're supposed to do. And that becomes legalism, that becomes negative, that becomes binding. But if we discover how to have the Word in our heart, the real truth is, then our heart's going to guide us. Our heart's going to protect us. Our heart's going to manifest who God really is. Listen, I am sharing one of my most, probably the most powerful tool that I've ever developed to help people learn 
to experience God in their heart. It's called essential heart physics. It is a 30-day life renewal program. Now, wait, wait, wait. I'm not trying to get you to buy heart physics. Just hang on with me. Because, you know, it cost me over a million dollars to develop heart physics. So the honest truth is selling it for $250 is an incredible, incredible value to the person who buys it. You know, I have, I have people all across America that are top uh, motivational speakers, that are, that are life coaches, business coaches, that tell me all the time that, that, that some of them get $100,000 a year for coaching somebody and that people get more out of my material for a couple hundred bucks and they'll get out of coaching with them for a year. I've had, I've had more than one life coach tell me that. Tell me that. So th this is this is a great product that has been used by thousands of people. That I'm telling you, people have made some of the greatest transformations that you could ever imagine. People come out of a horrible past where they were molested or where they were beaten or or gone through any kind of cruelty or where their self worth was devastated from divorce or the loss of a loved one. And I'm telling you what. When they start experiencing God in their heart. See, see, when we're trying to come out of our pain, we're just trying to mentally stop thinking this, start thinking it. I'll tell you, it's a nightmare. It will drive you crazy to try to think all the right stuff. But I'll tell you something. When we start experiencing God in our heart, then this means all of who He is, all of His Word is flowing out of our life. And now the boundaries move. I don't live inside this boundary where I stay depressed. I don't live inside this boundary where I stay broke. I don't live inside this boundary that keeps my life in shambles all the time. So I was talking with some of my team a few weeks ago, and basically they said, Jim, we, we got to find a way to get heart physics to people who really can't afford it. So what we're doing, we're going to put heart physics into Impact Unlimited. Now, in order to participate, it's not going to be there all the time, but in order to participate, you have to uh, subscribe to Impact Unlimited. And so you're going to have a $250 program. Actually, $299. We usually sell it for $250. You're going to have a $299 program that you're going to get for $29.95. And you're going to go through this program, and I'm going to go through it with you, and we're, and I'm going to coach you through this thing. I'm going to walk you through this thing. In other words, every single day you're going to have a short class that you're going to that you're going to take. Every day you're going to have a short heart exercise that you're going to take. Plus, and by the way, all of those are personally guided, personally developed by me. These are the tools that I've used in my own life to develop my ability to hear God in my heart. And uh, but we're going to develop a closed community, if you will, uh, where everyone who is going through this with us, and many of you who have gone through heart physics before, before you'll probably want to go back through it again if if you've kind of not stayed on track with living connected to God in your heart. And every week we're going to have questions and answers live online where we're going to talk and we're going to communicate and I'm going to help you through this. And I'm telling you, it's going to be daily, weekly, and, and, and a whole month of recorded content and live content. Plus, you get access to everything else on Impact Unlimited, which there's a lot of incredible stuff at Impact Unlimited. You know, if you're not watching this where you on, my, on, on our website, then you, you want to go to moveyourboundaries.com uh, or you want to come to our website and click on the link that takes you to Impact Unlimited because 
I want to see thousands of people go through heart physics essentials and, and at the end of 30 days, be able to hear Christ in your heart, be able to sense. So, so you're no longer trying to remember what to do inwardly from your heart. You are just in, in, intuitively by the Spirit of God making the decisions that always keep you on the path where you're walking with God, making the decisions that always keep your life on track, making the decisions where Christ in your heart manifests as Christ in your life and what happens in your world, what happens in your life is all a reflection of who God is in His Word, who God is in you, and who God wants to be to the world. Listen, check this out. You know, if not, all the stuff I'm sharing with you, though, today, this is going to help you. You're getting something that's going to be beneficial. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, be sure and like or subscribe because we want to get this out to millions of people around the world. I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.